Yeah. Michael. Well, miss you, dude. We have not recorded in in many moons. It's, the it's last my... time we got on a Skype call, which I don't even know if we recorded when we did that, was March of 2017. And we have recorded this year. We have about four episodes in the can that we just never edited. I never don't even remember up. these. You said that the other day. I don't even remember doing yeah, that. Yeah, you're drunk, man. You're always drunk now. I like something needs like to that. change. You can't say that because people might think I'm actually an alcoholic because my roommates have a lot of alcohol in the house. And when I post social media videos, like the one of me and my jujitsu gi, there was like all that alcohol behind. And like Colby and Heather called me out on it. I was like, it's not mine. It's my roommates. Hey, I did encourage them though. Yeah, that's your, that's your responsibility. Okay, you need okay. a house. Regardless of how long it's been, the reason for this recording is that we have something that 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 binds us, that that brings us together, that unites us almost yep. more so than anything else in our relationship, and we're here to discuss it. It's Star Wars. Star Wars. Star and, Wars. Star Wars. And for those who don't know, Star Wars The Last Jedi, also known as Star Wars Episode Eight, just came out this last weekend on the 15th. Yeah. Yeah. And, and dang, you, son. You went and saw it midnight, at midnight, right? Opening night on oh, Thursday? I saw it Thursday, 6 p.m., paid $40 for a special fan event with a souvenir. Yeah, only to find out that it Did was – no, There were top cards. They, they were selling mm-hmm. cups, and they were selling the tin popcorn things mm-hmm. separately. And I got these top cards that were like – you know, how to pour with the different lightsabers and stuff and the executioner, stormtrooper helmets, which we'll mm. talk about, all that. But I found out everyone had those everywhere. And so I feel like I kind of got ripped off. I don't have them. So Dave, you're cooler than me. Which was super cool. Mm. That was cool. Yeah. I didn't get anything. I uh, bought my ticket the day before uh, because I didn't know where I would be. Oh, yeah. Because, because. Yeah. An update for the listeners. I no longer am living in uh, the state of Utah. I have relocated to the state of Texas. And I'm living in Austin, Texas. But he is not a longhorn. Make that clear. No, I I have a longhorn spray painted on my curb, but I'm not a longhorn. Uh, That will be where my wife bought bought some longhorn water bottle. Like, like just. It just had it on it. She didn't know. She's I don't so, even think she knows that it's on there. We had this conversation already. It's okay. I threw it out. I threw it out the second I saw it. I didn't even drink that water. I dumped it in the toilet, <laughs> and then I threw the bottle away. No, you didn't. No, I drank it. <laughs> That's funny, man. So, no, I am not a Longhorn, nor do I have plans to become one. But you're in Austin. How are you loving it? I'm loving it. It's really great. I got a new job. I am working at Indeed.com, the job search website. They know a thing or two about building websites. It's very impressive and very uh, like intimidating to be working there. And so, like that's like a whole hour long discussion that we could have some other time because I've got the imposter syndrome bad. Yeah, and, really. And it's flaring up. That's not good, dude. But you did get hired, so I'm assuming they believe you know what you're doing. Yeah, I I, I tricked them into hiring me, and my 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 con has worked. So they're paying me good money. Yeah, we'll see how long I can dupe them. 
Good for you, man. Get him. Just take that money as long as he can to like, figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't care about that. I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about Star Wars. Let's do this, Mike, okay. because I received a very startling message from you yesterday where you said there are many things you loved and many things you did not love, and we yeah. would need to discuss them. You and I have not shared word one about the film. This no. is the first sharing of ideas, and I believe there will be flared tempers and anger on my end towards you. <laughs> probably. Probably. And that's okay. So, but but all, but all of you listeners out there should be warned. We are going full bore here. We are we are going to be talking spoilers. We are going spoiler to spoil this alert. film over and over and over again throughout this episode. So if you don't oh. want spoilers, stay away from the internet. Lock yourself in a cave. Lock yourself on an island. Or just toe. go watch a movie. Just go watch the movie. It's been out for three days. I've seen it twice. <laughs> same. Same. Oh, okay. So now that that's out of the way, I think we should start by just first of all, I want to know what is your star rating for this movie out of five, five stars? Out of five, 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 five out of five, five out of five, oh, full blown shit. five, full blown five. I I don't know if it's romanticized right now because it's Star Wars and I've been so pumped for it, but yeah. I left it even after the second time, just thinking that might be one of the greatest films I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, so I. When the first time I came out of there, I said four out of five. But but after watching it again the second time, I'm gonna move it up to five out of five for me because Boom. there are yeah. a lot of there are a lot of things that that like just drew emotions out of me. And yeah, yeah that's biased. It's nostalgia. It, it's Star but it Wars. Hits all, but it but it's not reliant on nostalgia. No, one hundred. Yeah, no. It's just you get those added layers because of the nostalgia. Yes, I would totally agree with that. And so I'm going to go with five out of five, but there are some big asterisks next to that five out of five. (laughs) And I'm very aware of how I have been manipulated by the Star Wars franchise. Okay, let's let's get into this because I'm putting on my fighting gloves, Michael. Okay, I'm ready to I'm ready to throw some blows. Do you want well? Do you want to start with what I didn't like, or start with what I what we did like? I think we should go with what we liked, and then we should get into what we didn't like. Um, I agree. So, I mean, you're, it's more fresh in your mind because you just saw it. Again. I literally drove from the the movie theater home and sat here, called you, and now we're talking about it. So yeah, it is very right. so, fresh. So some of the things that sorry. I really some of the things that I really liked. Um, I thought the acting in this film was incredible. I feel like okay. everybody, everybody's performance was really good. Yes, there was there were characters that I wanted more from, which we will talk about in a little bit. But overall, the acting was very good. Also, I think that the cinematography was by far the most iconic and and moving. Since the original trilogy, I think it, I really? think for me okay. the cinematography beats out Rogue One. It beats out The Force Awakens. It it's absolutely stunning to look at, and there are so yeah. many shots where I just was blown away. Especially like the second time, being able to critique a lot of that cinematography and like look at how they set up these shots, and like it was so great. And there were so many emotional 
like shots too. Like I'm thinking at the very end, Luke sitting on the pedestal. You've got the two sons. Yeah. And it's like yep. there there was nothing that I like could do to stop from crying. And I cried both times that I watched it. It's like that emotional for me. And that's what takes it from a four to a five for me. If I didn't have those emotions, if I wasn't crying, this movie would get four out of five stars. But because they're able to okay. tug on my heartstrings, they're able to like take me to that other place where Leia is blasted out of the spaceship and I'm thinking that she's dying and this is the end and I'm tears are falling down my face. Like if they can trigger that kind of reaction in me, like that is worth getting it to that five star level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I'm giving it five regardless of the tugging on my heartstrings stuff. Obviously that emotional part plays a huge role in it. However, I can definitely appreciate what you're saying. I I am interested to hear about your astrocies because I I don't necessarily have any asterisk atti- attached to my five. Okay. So some of my asterisks are – they're small things, but they're things that bug me. They, and they, they bug me still the second well, let's, time. Let's go ahead and just go through the story. I think I think it makes sense just to kind of go through the story and talk about it before we get into that because it might not make sense contextually okay. if people don't understand. So okay. just a synopsis. Let's just go ahead and just break it down in spoiler forum. We obviously we all want to know what the fuzz going on with Luke Skywalker when Bray yeah. hands him that lightsaber and he's staring at it, and we and don't pissed. even start there. We don't even start there. We start with them leaving the base because the first order is ready to blast them. Poe Dameron's doing his Poe thing. He flies cool. up, tricks them. Yeah, it was a really cool scene. Very moving scene where we're introduced to um, Rose is the new character, her sister, who ends up sacrificing herself to destroy the ship. What, which we find out to be was needless, and it was because Poe was being, uh, you know, a hot-headed uh, pilot in his X-wing, just trying to hurt the First Order when all they needed to do was really escape. And Leia's disappointed, and it really sets up this push. And I think it was a very thematic setup to what the tone of the entire theme is, which is our care, our heroes, and our characters. They have to grow up now. It's yeah. not just fun. It's not about just hurting the First Order. It's about surviving at this point. And it's about yeah. getting away and being leaders. And yeah. I felt like it went across the board for all of them. I, and I agree. I, I really liked that. And I felt like that kind of like, Poe, you idiot. And you know, I felt like that, that frustration. Um, also, I should do a shout out here for um, Billy Lord carries – daughter i thought that even though her performance was really kind of secondary i think she did great and she had a lot of lines in the film she was awesome like going back to the acting she was awesome but it starts out with her like very first the very beginning and i was like oh billy and uh it's a yeah but then that whole thing i was like how could he be so dumb this whole bombing run the all that stuff but it really does set it up for us to watch him grow and and see yep. that throughout the film. So I do I really appreciate that. I do think that uh it it's very formulaic. Like it's the exact same formula that The Force Awakens had and it's the same formula that they use for all of uh the Marvel movies. They throw you right into the action the very first beginning of each film every single time and it's kind of getting old. Like it's kind of well, getting old okay, for me so, so, to be like Okay, I know that this movie is going to start, and we're going to have shit blowing up within the first ten minutes. 
Right. So we have to jump back to film theory, and then we also have to talk about the Hollywood system for to to talk about that though. Because when you talk about like you're breaking out of screenplay, well, when you talk about breaking out of screenplay though, effectively what you're trying to do is you're trying to establish what's called the inciting incident or the reason this film exists, and yeah. you're trying to do it before page 30 really you're trying to do it before page 10 so those first 10 minutes you're trying to set up the whole purpose for this and that's what that scene is because basically these people are going to blow up the rebels they're leaving they jump away and then all of a sudden what happens the first order tracks them through light speed or hyperspace jumps right behind them and starts barraging them again so it is setting up the entire story and the like the entire reason the story is being told right there in those first 10 minutes. That's the entire purpose of it. The Hollywood system though, is definitely pushing those bigger, faster, bigger, faster and sooner. Like they want more and they want it to hit faster before you could expect 10 minutes of breather before you even got to that space. And now you're not, you're not getting that. That's the thing. I'm so, I'm just kind of sick of it. Like I want, I want to, I don't know. Give me a minute to like eat some popcorn like, give me a minute to, like, get into the film, get into the moment. Like, maybe I'm just – I'm probably just old. That's probably what it is. I'm an old person who appreciates, <laughs> like, timing, and the younger generations don't. They just want to cut to the chase, get to the action. So I, I think – yeah, maybe it's just yeah. me. But I feel like they can't just keep doing this forever and ever and ever. Like, well, think about think about episode four, though. Think about the first first one. What's the first thing you see when episode four starts? No, it's true, it's true, but it's not. It is explosions because they're. Yeah. It's immediately they're on the ship. It's being shot. Darth Vader comes on. They've launched the shuttle. Then we go down and we meet Luke Skywalker. It sets what's up the, the entire. What's the very of, start of Empire? I keep trying to remember. I don't. I don't even remember right now. I think it's I Luke feel... landing on Dagobah, isn't it? Hmm. No, no, no! It's them on Hoth, and it's the ice. It's it's the Hoth. Yeah, because it pans so down onto the yeah, yeah. Same kind of thing, sure though. Tells me. Oh, sorry about the beeps, audience. We're we are having some glitches in our connection. Yeah. Okay. 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 I just I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. I don't have a solution. I just feel like it's. I, I feel like I have to hold on. At the start of yeah. every film, and I don't like that. Okay, well, we we can jump Moving into that on. in another podcast. Moving on, but but where does this take us next? This jumps us to the thing we've all been waiting for. It's Luke standing on that island, and it's Ray handing that lightsaber. And Mike, what happens? He just throws it over his shoulder, like he doesn't give a crap. And that was the first minute where I was like, no. And it, and I think that they wanted that reaction out of me, right? They wanted us in our hearts to be like, no way. Like, no, Luke, Luke's the, Luke is so pure. Luke won't do that. And, and so that was one of the things that frustrated me. But I think the thing that, that upset me the most about it is that that lightsaber was such a critical part of The Force Awakens. And by having him throw it over his shoulder, it basically felt like they were slapping me in the face and saying, you're an idiot. Like, how dare you think that this matters? And I don't appreciate being made to feel stupid. And they did that a few times in this in this movie. And, and I don't like that. And that's where I got a little bit frustrated. And that's the first time I was like, ooh, you sons of guns. I'm going to just spank you. Everyone laughed. Everyone laughed in the theater. And I thought, what? 
Right. Nobody, I didn't, nobody I, laughed I didn't laugh. today. So in the, the first one, the first, my first feeling, they did laugh. The second one, yeah. nobody did. And I was like, maybe these people don't get it. Also, another just this jumps outside of the story, and I'm sorry, but there's a big difference between watching a Star Wars movie in Utah versus watching a Star Wars movie in Texas. Utah, yeah. people are happy to be there. They're cheering, yeah. they're yelling, they're hooping and hollering. In Texas, silence. It was yeah. all I could do <laughs> to like shut my mouth. Like, and I, oh my goodness! Like there was one person How, in the Hollywood's- theater. When, when a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, four dots, when that popped up on the screen, there was one guy over in the corner that, that went, whoop, and like, that's it. Oh, and then it was geez. silence. And then like, because in Utah, everyone's cheering for the Lucasfilm logo. Everyone's yep. cheering for the long time ago. Everyone's cheering for the, for the scroll. Like, oh, it broke yep. my heart. So, he, so, so in LA, right, the first night they didn't allow lightsabers in any of the theaters. Then I saw it on Friday night and I saw it at the Chinese theater, which was super cool. They had like life size R2 D2s and they had like actual costumes from the films like out in the front Ooh. lobby that you could check out. Um, and then people in there were like lighting up their lightsabers all across the, this big theater, celebrating, whooping and hollering. Like it was great. That's cool. Right? Moments of silence and like they carry Fisher, like special. You know, recognition for Carrie Fisher at the end, like all of that to our princess, Carrie Fisher, like beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Yeah. So, so I totally get that. Here in LA, again, because it's like it's film here, like people still celebrate here. Texas is weird, man. Maybe I was just with a bad crowd, but I was there. I was at like the 1055 showing on Thursday night. Like those, those were the diehards. Those are the diehard fans. And it was, and silence. Wow. Except for the one Hooper. there's a there's there is a social theory that says that the first person to dance in public is not the bravest person; it's the second person. So maybe you just weren't brave enough to dance in public, Mike. You should have hooked and hollered. Ah oh, man, you could I'm sad. The, you could have been the change you wanted to see in the world. That was the first thing. It was the first thing that I have not liked about Texas. Well, there you go. So moving on because yeah. there's lots of things I don't like yeah. about Texas, and I get drawn into that <laughs> so okay, yeah. okay yeah, so yeah so, so so there's this whole lightsaber thing and like everyone laughed i didn't laugh i can agree with you i was like what and then it, it makes more sense as you move on right yeah and, and we're, we're on the island and what's luke like what's what's the sitch luke is disgusting he's 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 milk he's a moof milker <laughs> he is a moof milker is that what those are called no, I, I tried to find what they were called, but like the only thing that came up was in here. Let's, I'm gonna bust up an artwork book and see if I can it. find the it. The one thing that came up when I was searching for it is how Han says some move milker installed a thing on the thing, you know, in in uh, Empire, yeah. and so everyone was calling Luke a move milker. But when he Love. milks that uh, that creature with those four teats and dribbles yeah. that green milk. Down Called a his... sea cow. The sea cow. Sea cow. Ugh, man, yeah. that was gross. That was so gross. And I felt like it was interesting. Like it told me a lot about. Oh, my connection is poor. We got. So what, what, were, you, what were you saying when he what? Um, it just kind of like continued to set more of the scene with like how crazy he had become. And I, I started to make a lot of connections between Yoda and Dagobah and Luke on, on H toe and like, or Octo is it Octo. I don't know. Um, and, and I started to like 
appreciate that. But the thing that I didn't like was how he treated Ray and how that kind of happened. And I honestly felt like Luke was acting very much like the very first Luke that we got to know on Tatooine. You know, he's whiny, he's complaining, he's closed himself off from the realities of the world. Go ahead. So uh, you you broke up there. What did oh, you say? Making fun of Luke. I said I was going to go to Tachi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, and and I liked Mopey. that though. Like I I liked that it was the same Luke that that I had gotten to know, but I was sad that this powerful Jedi had kind of reverted back to this former self when I had hoped that he had evolved past that. Like you think of the Luke at the end of of return and like that is a, a stoic solid stable luke like the very at the very most and we never saw that transition and so that makes it hard for me because we didn't see those glory days of luke we didn't see yeah. those days of of him with his hubris you know trying to train these these students all of that we didn't see that and i don't know if we need to but I, I I liked it and I hated it and I was disappointed in Luke. But at the same time, we had to have that and it had to establish him in that way so that we could so that we could see the growth over time. And that and that yeah. brings up one of my very favorite things is getting probably our very last glimpse of Yoda because he's the last surviving person that ever met Yoda and ever knew Yoda. And so it's probably the last time that we're ever going to see Yoda in a film again. And I bawled my eyes out when I saw him. I was so happy. So Yoda appears to everybody who doesn't know this. And it happens a little bit later on in the film. But Yoda Sorry, comes people. back. Yeah. That's that's big. one of the big spoilers. And it's great. He's not back. Yeah. He's just he's just doing the Force Ghost and, uh, and, and which, bringing down some lightning, which was cool. But it's beautiful. Yeah. So let, let's – We'll, we'll hop into that for a second because I think, again, it is reminiscent of that Yoda who's been, you know, Yoda again lost in the swamps. He's kind of gone crazy just hanging out there and surviving, and he's kind of lost it a little bit. And Luke, same thing, on this island. He's been out there for, what, 10 years maybe? Just yeah. hanging out by himself, just doing his thing. Well, not all by himself. He's got some sea cows to get some love in from he's got him. He's got, he's he's got, got porgs. Caretakers. He's got the caretakers. He's got the caretakers and the porgs. Yes. So and whatever one it is in the water. Scenes, one of the funniest scenes is Chewbacca eating a porg, which are these little bird things. And he's fried it. He's got it in his hand. He's about to take a bite. And there's these porgs just staring at him. And <laughs> I lo- here's the thing. I loved that scene. I think it was great. And they should have kept it. It was in the wrong place for me. Like, yeah. totally there was, there was wrong some... place. It, that was, this is one of the other things that really upset me. So going back to right before that scene, right before that scene – the 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 rebels kind of cruiser is speeding to stay away from Snoke's ship, and um, Kylo is is upset, and so he goes after the ship and he starts blasting it, and he blasts the ship and knocks Leia and Akbar. No, he does not. No, he doesn't. You're right. The people to the side of him does. He he Kylo doesn't. Ren hesitates do it. and does not You're fire, right. which is what I thought would happen. You're right, and, and that's very important to know. But Leia gets blasted out of the ship, and I'm sitting there. I start crying, just 
tears streaming down my face saying, this is it. This is goodbye. Leia, I love you. Thanks for everything. You've been so amazing. You're such a great actress. Like everything about you is great. And then and what she does happens? the stupidest thing. The stupidest thing, Phil. I'm pissed about it. Still. They should have just they should have just killed her. Just taken that opportunity and killed her. I'm really upset about it. So she wakes up in the dead of space and says, Oh, I don't like being out here. And she force pulls herself back into the the cruiser. And then the gate opens and nobody else is sucked out into space and she collapses on the ground. So I appreciate that Leia is now more in tune with the force and she's able to force pull herself in this moment, this extreme moment of life and death. But the fact that she survived that and, and, and then pulled herself in, like I was, I was disappointed that they, that they did that because it would have been such a beautiful goodbye. It would have been a perfect way to say goodbye to Leia. And, and, and granted, I know that they didn't change the film at all after Carrie's death. And I respect that. I really appreciate that. But at the same time, I feel like that was such a big stretch. We haven't seen anybody survive in space. And, and, and to see her not only survive in space, but probably for like a solid minute, survive in space, open her eyes, force pull herself in. Not happy. My connection keeps dropping out. I'm moving to a closer. I'm moving closer to my Wi-Fi. She takes a deep breath right before she pulls up. Okay. (laughs) See that? No, I did not notice that. But I'm so glad she took a deep breath because she was able to hold her breath in space. That's not a thing, Phil. Your tone? Have you been to space? Do you know that? I sound no. like a flat earther right now. I'll stop that. That doesn't make sense. I shouldn't defend myself that way. Do your research, buddy. It's the government. Oh, man. Take a deep breath. Flat earth. She took a deep breath. It she happened. Did. She went into space. She pulled herself in. Get over it. I am over it, but I just – it was one of the th- other things that I just didn't really love. It was played with expectation. Yeah. So, I don't know. I would not have blamed them if they would have decided to edit the film after the after the fact and have that be her death. And I think it would have been a beautiful way to go out. Yeah. Anyway, continuing. So, there I am bawling my eyes out because first of all, I thought Leia was dead. I thought that was goodbye. And then they did this stupid force pull and I'm kind of pissed that they did that. And then they cut to Chewie roasting a pork and they go into this big funny moment with all these porks. I do not appreciate having my emotions toyed with like that. I don't appreciate going from bawling my eyes out to giggling and not being able to control myself within a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute to, to mourn. You're old, dude. You're just officially old. I was so official. Mad. I was pissed. And, and and so a lot of people have been complaining, saying that like there were too many jokes and it was too funny. I disagree. I don't think there were too many. I think that that one in particular was poorly timed. And I think that some of the other things could probably have been like tweaked a little. But overall, I actually really liked the humor of it. I, but the other one that I didn't like... Sorry. I did not like right at the very beginning. The very, very, yeah. very, very yeah, beginning. We skipped over. We skipped over that. The very beginning. Poe calls Hux 
And he's like, hey, I'm here to talk to Hux. I got an important message for him. And he, he pretends to not hear General Hux like responding to him. And I, I loved that joke. I wish that they would have done that later on. Like, why? But Poe does it. Poe does a similar thing with with uh, freaking Kylo Ren at the beginning of Episode Seven, and he's just like, "I'm sorry, I just have a really hard time understanding you with all this." Yeah. He, it's who he is. It's Do you totally talk first? Po. Do I talk first? Yeah. Yeah. It's I totally forgot about po. that. I forgot about that. I'm gonna be a little so, bit more okay with that now. Thank you. For when that. I remembered, I when I remembered that, I was like, "Okay, this is in character. It's not a cheap." Thing. It's totally just who he is. He's a cocky pilot in an X-wing, taking on a giant de- like destroyer, like a bunch of them by himself. Yeah. And he's totally messing with the general. He's pasty. Uh, I have an urgent message from from uh, Princess Leia Organa about his mother. It's about your mom. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's good. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and it plus it, it shows Hux is just this pompous, arrogant idiot. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So can, one of the other things we didn't talk now. about is meeting Snoke. Mm-hmm. We get to meet Snoke and we see him on his giant ship. And so you take a destroy with these super star destroyers, which are bigger than a regular star destroyer from the first ones, and then you imagine a giant V-shaped ship with like a, a throne room. boomerang. Yeah. Yeah, and. He, and he's in there, and it's this beautiful red backdrop in his throne, and there's eight Palladian guards in red armor with friggin' like swords and knives and like like spears with blades that that have electricity on them that can stop lightsabers, and they're just like bad a. And Snoke is for some reason wearing like a golden shimmery shirt, like a robe. His, yeah, his top is like shimmering. It was kind of it was yeah, interesting. Like- because the emperor was not that way, right? It was very dark and cold. And, yep. and but this was like light, bright red, bright, bright red, and a shimmery top. Like this guy, you could tell is is very confident in himself. He's very full of himself. Yeah. So but it's, it's beautiful. And he basically makes fun of Kylo Ren. He tells him to take off his silly mask, and Kylo Ren smashes his mask. I was mad about that too. For the rest of the time. I was mad about that too because now Kylo will never be wearing a mask, that mask ever again. And I'm really frustrated that they played us all like as fools. Do you know how many little kids have Kylo Ren masks and they've been wearing them for the past two years? And now if they, they just destroy it. They're like, that's bull. You don't need a mask. <laughs> thanks, suckers. Thanks for all your money. Like... Oh, You're so man. dumb. Are you kidding me? Kylo Ren's still going to be remembered as having the mask. No way. No way. We're not going to see him in the mask anymore. You're going to see a bunch of – yeah, but you're going to see a bunch of kids walking around. You're going to see a bunch of kids walking around with a scar on their face now, pretending to be Kylo Ren. They're still going to wear the mask. And everyone's going to know who he is. Yeah, but I feel like it's dumb to like say, like, wow, what's wrong with the mask? It's evolution of character, dude. He went from being the boy Cause, cause, cause trying to like live up to the – keep losing each other the connection is poor i apologize yeah you get it's whenever you get riled up the internet like goes out (laughs) (laughs) okay so i think this leads to like the next big spoiler because we have to talk about this with the evolution of kylo ren 
So yeah. well, we gotta we gotta talk about race. So anyway, back on the island, we got Ray. Ray's like trying to beg him to do it. We, she basically beg him to Luke do what? Do it? Like it? To it. teach him to come back. Kind of teach teach him how teach her how to be a Jedi or to come back. And he's like, "What? Do you think I'm gonna show up with a laser sword face down the entire Empire? And I'm gonna I'm gonna friggin' stop. I'm gonna change anything. Love That's it. his thing. Beautiful Love line. it. Totally foreshadowing what. That's right, because that's exactly what happened. Yep, I love it. You there? I'm there. Okay, so totally foreshadows what's going to happen. And he basically agrees to do three lessons to teach her. He's going to teach you three lessons about the Jedi and why it needs to end. And the first thing that he agrees to do, he basically takes her up to this rock overlooking in the temple, and he basically has her reach out and feel the force, and he teaches her this lesson that there's balance. And I love this line. He says, to think that the light dies by killing the Jedi is vanity, right? That the force will always be there, and the lightness of darkness will always be there regardless. And then she finds and she goes down to this this dark force cave, which is this blowhole in the, in the beach, and... He's like, you went straight for it. And he's like, totally like, she freaked out because Ben was the last person she saw. And she goes, I didn't see you. You've closed yourself off from the force. And that's why we find out, because he's shocked again when Chewie's there and the and Han Solo's not there, but the Falcon is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that was my first clue, like, oh, he doesn't he want anything to do with this. Yep. Yeah. Right. I also, I felt it. Uh, building on that, I loved him and R2's reunion. Uh, it was the last yeah. time, you know, we'll see those two together. And having R2 play uh, Leia's original distress call, like, oh, man, that was so perfect. It was so well done. So good. Yeah. yeah. That was the thing. That, that was the moment where he's like, all right, I'll teach you these three lessons. So yeah. he teaches her that lesson. Um, oh, I can't recall the second lesson right now. Mm-hmm. But basically during this time – all of a sudden she's able to communicate with Kylo Ren and they start talking to each other and start figuring things out. And he's like, did you ask him why I burned down his temple? What happened that night? And then we find out that in Kylo's mind, he was trying to kill him. Ben or Luke Skywalker was going to kill him. So he killed, he stopped him, tore him down. Um, Luke survived. Luke tells the story that he saw the darkness lit his lightsaber realize what he was doing and before he could put it away Kylo Ren had woken up and mistook the situation and, and I, I really like basically... that we got that we got both of those different sides and yeah. then we got that like full understanding later on with Kylo because that really put everything in perspective for me with Luke and it was so humanizing for Luke like yeah this guy's like he made a mistake like he was in a bad situation he was in a bad frame of mind when he saw this evil and he didn't know how to yep. deal with it. Yep. And he basically goes on and tears down the Jedi and points out that at the height of their power, they let Darth Sidious take over and kill them off and destroy them. And it's because of vanity. And he says, basically teaches the lesson that um, the force doesn't belong t- to the Jedi, that it is something that they use. And mm-hmm. basically he, he makes the reference that the Jedi are vanity and that's why he wants it to end. Yeah. So a bunch of stuff goes down. Ray goes down into the dark force cave. We think we're going to figure out who her parents are. We don't see who it is. We still don't know who her parents are in that moment. And then she goes up. 
Luke walks in. He, he he goes up to the temple. He sees Leia that she's hurt. He comes down. He's going to – you can feel he's going to do something. Walks in and he can see Kylo Ren there with her, like a projection of him, right? And so he just in one move destroys the building to stop it, right, with that sweet force move. They have a little spit and a fight and they, like, fight each other. Luke gets knocked down. He stops himself from hitting the ground by using the force to levitate that off the ground. Cool. Which super cool. Just showing how powerful he really is. And uh, we learn this message. And then she offers him the lightsaber, basically saying, come with me. He refuses. And so she gets in the Millennium Falcon and leaves. So Luke lights a torch. He walks back up. He's going to go burn this this tree where the wills are, which are the Jedi texts. And he stops last moment. And that's when Yoda appears. And Yoda, like, he calls on lightning, burns it down, and laughs. He's like, <laughs>, laughs. Perfect. He's just beautiful. Oh. And he basically tells him, he's just like, you read the text, right? Because, like, Luke, you can tell he's torn. He's like, those are the secret, the Jedi texts. And he's like, you've read them? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, they no, they're not page turners, bro. Like, they're awful. <laughs> and he, he makes this comment. He says, nothing in those texts or anything that she doesn't really possess. Like, she's, she's meant for this. And he talks about how he failed, and he says, the problem with being a master is you have to watch your students go, grow beyond you. And Love you have to that. teach them. And he's like, you have to teach them everything, including your failures, because yeah. that's how they grow beyond you. And he's like, yes, we lost Ben Kenobi. Or we lost Ben. Um, we lost Ben. We can't lose Ray, is what Yoda says yeah. to him. Yeah. And that's, that's the last we see. It was so beautiful. So, do you think? Um, do you think that they did a puppet for that? Races back. He sees that he's he's got this. Go ahead. Oh no! I was just Mike. wondering with Yoda. Oh. Do you think that that yeah. was a puppet or CGI? Because I really hope it was, it was a puppet. puppet. Yeah, it was. The I think so. I, I, I felt like it. It looked so yeah. good. So. So good. the guy I was with Ken knows the editors who worked on it, and they said it was the puppet. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so so she, she races back and she's going to go confront him and she gets on the ship and she lands. They put him in the shackles. At the, the whole time, Finn and this girl Rose are trying to find a freaking uh, crack coder. Yeah, you yeah. You want to talk about that? Yeah, real quick though. I just I, – I'm going to jump all the way to the very end real quick. Did you see the Jedi books in the Millennium uh-huh. Falcon? Uh-huh. Yeah, in the in the ship. Yeah. In, yep. Okay. Just wanted to make sure you saw that because I saw him too. So great, and it, it kind of proves that like Yoda for sure would have known that she took him, and used that as still as like this teaching moment for Luke. I loved that. So that was cool. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So they... the wheels were in the freaking Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So um. Yeah, moving on to Cantobite. Um, the no, we're not to Cantobite yet. So we got to jump. We got to jump back. The Codebreaker. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Cantobite. Well, what's the? Yeah, I was thinking about the the Mineral Planet. But go ahead. Okay. Well, so I'm going to turn off my video for a second. See if that helps with our internet connection. Yeah, I'll turn it on. Um, so yeah, with with the. Basically, with the Rebel Cruiser, they realized that uh, they could track them through hyperspe- hyperspace and that they needed to find a way to um, turn off this tracker. And so the only way that they could do this is if they found someone who could break this code and sneak onto Snoke's ship and basically create like a gap in their tracking where they would lose track of them for six minutes. And so 
um, Finn and Rose go to Cantobite to be able to find this codebreaker who they learned about from Moz. Um, now, how did, how did you feel about Cantobite, Phil? Uh, like, I thought it was cool. Now, now here's here's the kind of the thing that feeling I got from this. I feel like they did a very good job of blending the prequels and the or the first trilogy in terms of design with Canto Bite. Mm. We got a lot of the same feeling from those prequels where like it's Camino user dart, like all that stupid crap. Um, yeah, they, they bridged the two aesthetics very nicely and in a way that I felt justified it a little bit more. Yeah, no, that is true. I, I did feel like the whole thing felt kind of like a just not a waste, but it felt like a stretch to me. Like they're really going to go this far out of their way just so they can find a code breaker to like create the six minute gap. It just felt like a really big solution to a smaller problem. And I, I wish they could have found a better reason to justify them going there. Like well, if they, had they did. They called Mars. Or... They called yeah. Mars, and she said, "The only person I know who can do this is the Master Codebreaker, who's Besides there on her. the planet." Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I felt like, that, in my opinion, I felt like they set that up pretty nicely. I, I mean, I'm sure, like your point is valid, but to me, I didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't have and a I problem. Think it also with does, it. but it does some interesting things, right? Because they pick up, um, oh, what's his name? Who's the actor who plays that? Benicio del Toro. Benicio, they pick yeah. up Benicio del Toro, who plays this thief, and he is basically teaching Finn this moral compass. He's basically saying, "You only see bad, and you only see good, and uh-huh. they're both not great, right?" Right, right. Because that's the lessons. It was really for Finn's character to grow. Yeah, and 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 we saw that, and we saw that growth, you know, come to play later on, and we'll talk about that too, but. Um, overall, yeah, I liked Canto Bite. I mean, we, I feel like it's Star Wars tradition now that we have to have a cantina scene in every movie. Yeah. And so that's, that's basically what Canto Bite filled as well with that. And it was different. Um, and it was also a nice look into kind of this post Republic world or, yeah. um, it kind of like how things have evolved without, um, without any like any government basically that we know of. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that was really interesting. So overall, you know, I liked Cantor by the, yeah, it's totally for the kids with the little goat horses, the fairies, I think, or fathy, fathiers, fathiers. Yeah, I, I think they're fathiers and, uh, it was okay. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was good. Benicio del Toro though was great. Loved him. Loved him escaping from the jail cell. Loved BB-8 kind of like helping him steal the ship and stuff like that. It was yeah. really good. That was awesome. Really, really good. Um, and uh, basically, then they go back and they sneak their way onto the Snoke's ship, and they start kind of going around trying to disable this thing. And uh, of course, they get caught um, when they're spotted by this the dark side version of BB-8, which also felt like a bit of a, a bit of a stretch. Yeah, like like why couldn't it have just been some other droid? Like give us something new and unique. Or just give us a black version of BB-8. Like, I don't know. And then we get uh, let's see what happens after that. So they get caught. 
And uh, in the meantime, Poe Dameron is um, at odds with uh, the the captain of the ship. Captain, what was it? The vice admiral. Yeah, she, I can't remember her name, but she was fantastic. I loved her performance. Um, and he basically, she's trying to evacuate everybody off the ship and take them over to uh, Crate. Is it Crate? I think it's Crate. Um, and he's all mad about that, that everyone's going to die. And so he basically takes over the ship and stops everything from happening and is trying to jump to light, light trying to jump to light speed. But then he hears that this whole plan with Finn and Rose fails and right as it's failing, the door gets blasted open. Leia comes walking out with her cane and stuns Poe Dameron. <laughs> that was pretty yeah. great. Yeah. Um, also, Vice Admiral Holdo was her name. Holdo, yeah. She was great. Yeah. Um, and all during this time, um, Ray has been following this kind of homing beacon to get back to where uh, Leia is. And but she but she ends up getting into like a single person pod, which we've never seen before on the Millennium Falcon. So that was kind of cool to see new functionality of the Falcon that we don't know about. And right. uh, she blasts out in this escape pod down into uh, Snoke's ship where she's greeted by um, by Kylo. And uh, and then they, they take her to see Snoke. And this is where I think the greatest twist in, in recent movies came oh. in. Don't you think? Yeah. So yeah. this is probably the biggest spoiler. Like, I, at least for me, it was the most epic... Thing yep. and I was and, not uh, expecting it at all. Not at all. I absolutely loved it, and I I was giddy with excitement when it happened. Uh, yeah. So Snoke is basically flying Ray around the room, trying to get her to tell him where Luke is, and and she's and she's totally defying him at every chance. She's force grabbing the lightsaber. She's force grabbing Kylo's lightsaber, and all these things are happening, and she's just no, you know, she's really. Oh. oh yeah, Snoke had, had you could tell is extremely powerful, like Luke powerful, if not more so, and uh, and 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 that, and that kind of continued to to clarify that balance for me, and uh, then he basically says he gets what he needs to know. He finds out where Luke is on the island, all this stuff, and he says, "Okay, it's time for Kylo to kill Ray," and he. Forces Ray to be kneeling down in front of Kylo, and Kylo that says, scene, "Can I just say that shot yeah, was like one of the things because she's kneeled down in like an execution position. He's holding her with the Force in that, and yeah. he basically says, you do have the spirit of a true Jedi, and that is why you must die.' And he lifts her up at the Force and spins her around in spot, but her body is so like restricted; it's literally as if." She just pivoted on the floor, but she's doing it levitating. So oh, however yeah. they got the shot was just so cool. She turns him around to face Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren reaches down to grab this lightsaber. And then go ahead, Mike. No, you go ahead. You tell it. Yeah. Yeah. So he 
I mean, he reaches down and grabs it, and then Snoke the whole time is just talking about how he can't be tricked. He's so powerful. He sees everything. He sees every thought inside Kylo Ren's mind, and that's why he can't do it. And he basically says, oh, did you come here because you saw something in, in Kylo Ren? Well, I did that. I'm the one who bridged your minds. I manipulated both of you. And you can see Kylo Ren's pissed when he says that. He yeah. brought up these fit feelings. And then he basically says, I can see him doing this. I can see him picking up the lightsaber, spinning it to strike down his true enemy. And while he's doing that, Kylo Ren's moving his hand and he's turning Ray's lightsaber, which is right next to him. And he ignites it and just cuts Snoke right in half, pulls it towards him. Ray reaches up and grabs it. Snoke so falls cool. in half dead. Killed him because he tricked him. He didn't say, I'm going to kill Snoke. In his mind, you know he's saying, I must turn my lightsaber and I must kill my true enemy, which is Snoke, not Rey. Exactly. That's how he was able to deceive him. And he did the exact same thing. Beautiful. It was and then so the most good. epic scene I have seen in years just happened before my eyes. With, with the, them taking the out all of the Palladian guards, yeah. Fighting it's, side by side, back to back, just chopping him down. Throws one inside a freaking like like down the thing, and like his armor spits out like in a fan. Like so bad, age chopping people down. Kylo Ren's fighting styles are so awesome because I mean I'm the kind of guy who would like be very careful with my lightsaber, and make sure I'm not touching things. Kylo Ren's just like holding it down my side, it's just cutting up the floor while he's like fighting off these guys. Doesn't even care. He's yeah. Kylo. Right. It's so cool. It's oh. so cool. So going back to Snoke, like now that Snoke is dead and gone, this kind of brings back another one of the frustrations that I have with the film. And that's that we got absolutely zero information about Snoke. I would not have minded if they would have taken the Cantobite time on Cantobite, cut that in half and take and use that other half of time to give us something about Snoke. Tell us where he comes from. Phil, you and I have both read all of the Star Wars Aftermath books. And yep. we don't even get to Snoke in those books. And yeah, I've been really... I was hoping that maybe it could be Gallius Rack somehow. Yep. Maybe it could be... I thought it was Gallius so much. I did until until the third Aftermath book. Yep. And then it was right? so clear that, that it wasn't. But like the fact that now he's gone means that we're never going to get that explanation unless it's in a book or, or another in a comic or something. But I want to know more about Snoke. How, he's so powerful and he's so controlling. And we know like all of these things that happened with the empire. And we know that Ray Sloan went to the outer rim and she was looking for people there and all this stuff. But where did Snoke come from? Where did this guy come from? How did he get to power? What happened yeah. to Ray Sloan? Like, I want to know all these, I want all these gaps in the Empire's timeline filled for me. And I was really hoping we would get that out of this film. We didn't get anything. And now we definitely won't in the future. So that was disappointing to me. I don't know. I bet, I bet we will. I bet we will get it in a book format or something like you said. But yeah, I, I think I agree. I was interested to see how Snoke was able to take this fleet and become powerful. It, who is he in comparison to the Empire? How does he have better tech than the Empire had? All of that stuff. So um, that, how does he know question. who Vader is? Like, who? And that brings up, you know, some of my frustrations with the prequel trilogy where Yoda saying things like, um, there are always two, a master and an apprentice, no more, no less. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then that we found out that's not true, and there are multiple apprentices, and it, it's yeah, it brings up lots of frustration. It's, yeah, me. it's a little messy, you know, for sure. I totally get that. I just think that they could have. This is how I wish it would have gone down. I liked Canto Bite. I wish they would have cut that in half instead of having the big fathers like them riding on the fathers like chase scene. Just just let them sneak out with with Benicio and they all escape and get on a ship and fly off. Then we cut over into Snoke and we have him telling Ray basically this is how I got to power. This is how I'm so powerful. This is how I'm involved with the Knights of Ren or whatever it is. And we, we just have we just have a little bit of time before the whole Ray fight scene with him bragging about who he is. That would have been yeah. perfect for me. Yeah, I, and I think that's that fine line between uh, exposition scenes and, and not exposition scenes where you're explaining to everybody what's going on. I, I think I would have loved one there. I think we all would have. Um, but I think for what it was in terms of the action and getting through things, wow. Yeah. Edge of my seat the whole time, man. Yeah, no, me Edge too. Of my seat the whole time. Me too, for sure. I just I feel like the father's rate the father's chase could have been cut out and we could have used that time better somewhere else. But Yeah, it's anyway. it's definitely playing into the thin growth stuff. Well yeah, yeah, so sure. so so post this fight, all of a sudden they're sitting there and he's like, Go come on now, we've got the opportunity. Like we we can oh we can shut it down, tell him to stop, and he goes, Let it all die, let's end the Sith, let's end the Jedi, we can start a new order. We can we can do this. She's like, please don't do this. And he's like, no, you're not letting go. And then it's very clear that there's an issue. And so Ray force pulls her lightsaber and from Kylo Ren, who has it from this fight. And it's he catches it in the middle of the air. And the the freaking devastating oh Benicio del Toro's character has sold out the the rebels, um, Finn and Rose are about to be executed by these sweet executioner guards mm, very and, cool. and Phasma's back. It's about. Oh. All right. Sorry about that brief intermission. Um, we were talking Still's about internet sucks. <laughs> it's okay. Mine's bad too. So we're talking um, about the, uh, the, the lightsaber scene in the ship. That's right. Phasma. Phasma. So, so yeah, they're they're taking out all of the rebel transports, and everybody is on their way now. And only uh, Admiral Holdo stayed on board the main and to, ship to ex- to explain they've been out running the the new order, trying to get away, and they've got cloaked ships and they're abandoning to a secret rebel base on a mining planet, and that's been part of their escape plan the whole time. And right. and then Benicio del Toro sells them out and tells them to look for cloaked ships. Right, and that, and then uh, they basically start. They're going to execute Rose and Finn, but in this moment, Admiral Holdo turns around the cruiser. Preps it for light speed. Snoke's captains are not able to react fast enough. She goes into light speed, goes through the spaceship, through Snoke's ship, basically cutting it in half, cutting off one of the wings. And, and beautiful. Uh, and then, and then beautiful. destroying the Star Destroyers that are behind it with the, with yep. the splatter. Um, overall, like an absolutely beautiful scene because it cuts to like complete silence and you're just watching these like paused visuals almost like 
it was really, really impactful. I really liked it. Really liked how they did it. But oh. in this in this moment, though, uh, it causes a big explosion, and everything inside the ship is falling apart. And Finn and Rose are able to escape from their executors, and they start having kind of a fight out with Phasma. Now, this yeah. is the next thing that really pissed me off, Phil. Phasma has been so hyped up through through The Force Awakens and now through through The Last Jedi. She had the wimpiest death and, in my opinion, like zero importance to both films and, and no impact and, and no great contributions. Who and hyped I'm, her up? All the Why trailers, all the trailers, and there's so like just have a cool there's visual? Halloween costumes, and like it's it's all over the place that Phasma's like this badass chick. When in reality, we haven't seen her do anything badass ever, ever, and that's frustrating for me. I I wanted to like actually see some cool Phasma stuff. I wanted her to live. I want. I was rooting for this character to stick around and for us to have an awesome time getting to know Phasma. Maybe she doesn't even die until the next one. Maybe she doesn't die at all, but she died in this wimpy way. He broke her, her helmet and she's looking at him with his, with her eyeball. I, I was just disappointed, man. Disappointed by her. Well, I think that, um, she served a purpose. And she represented the old New Order and the thing Finn has been fighting against. And I think the fact that he beats her. Yeah. That's great and all, but I just... Rebel scum? Yeah, I just really wish we would have had more. I will say, Finn has the worst line in the whole movie, and it bothered me both times I saw it. And he says, bring it, Chrome Dome. And all I thought was (laughs) Shredder. Yeah, turtles, because yeah. that's what they called him was Chrome Dome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yep. That, that, that is, was the worst was line in the bad. whole movie. Anyway, okay. I can't speak to that. I think you know, it'd be interesting to see if Phasma comes back like a haggard, like um, I don't know, just some haggard no character way. in the next one. She can't. But come she back. burned and lit on fire. Yeah. And then the whole ship's falling apart, and there's still stormtroopers coming around. And the next thing that I think is the dumbest thing in the movie happens. And Don't that's BB-8. Yeah, man. BB-8. So dumb. You didn't love that? No, it was so stupid. BB-8 basically hijacks an ATST and is controlling it inside, which who knows how he got in. You enter those from on top. But regardless, he got in there. He's controlling it. It rips the top off when he disconnects. And he's driving it around shooting people. And the whole thing felt so stupid to me. Just so childish and so dumb. I was so mad. And I I was both times. I was like, this is dumb. Even the characters, even Finn and Rose look at each other like, this is stupid. And then they shrug and they just hop on board with it. Like, oh man. Yeah, I was disappointed in that. Just leave that okay. bullshit out and just go get on this ship. If you say so, cut to the mineral planet. They race in. They're shutting the shield. And Rose and BB-8 slam 
Jordy runs up and rubs his belly like he's an animal, like a dog. Yeah. And just like, <laughs> was like, I was like oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was weird. Yep, and then they look outside, and the first order's out with these, like, massive new walkers, and they have uh, Death Star Tech, a giant laser that's going to shoot through and destroy this, like, door they can't get through. Mm-hmm. One of the things that happened is Kylo Ren wakes up on the ship, um, but while he's passed out, Hux is in there, and he, Hux reaches for his blaster, oh, his pistol, yeah, to shoot sick. Kylo Ren. And then Kylo Ren wakes up, and he goes, what happened? And he goes, the girl, she killed Snoke, and she she fled. What, where is she? And she's like, oh, he took Snoke's escape pod and left. Um and then he goes, he basically says, we'll get everything you have. Let's get down to that thing. And he's like, well, who do you think you're commanding? My army, the Supreme Leader's dead. And he goes, the Supreme Leader's, leader's dead. And Force chokes General Hux. And General Hux, Hux like. Oh. Phil, we lost you there. General yeah. Hux Did you hear like, that? No, we heard General Hux was like. Oh, General Hux. Well, which part? I said that like twice. Oh, uh, basically that Kylo was force choking General Hux and then Hux was like, oh, and then he acknowledged, he acknowledged that Snoke was long. He said long live that it's the Supreme Leader, acknowledging Kylo Ren as the new Supreme Leader. Yeah. Yeah. Which totally makes sense. This is a sissy. Yeah. And that's, what's kind of interesting to me is I want to know how did Hux survive all this? Like Ray Sloan, he, he worked with Ray Sloan and now, and then took over basically um well sloan the 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 army sloan put them in charge like basically told them to protect him at all costs including phasma which is one of the girls referenced in force awakens yeah 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 and so they were 100 percent loyal to him so that's how he's been able to survive yeah i just wonder why snoke kept uh general hux around and not sloan he said that when uh, Hux was leaving and Kylo Ren was in there and he's like, you wonder why I keep like a basically this idiot uh, around. It's because he can be a sharp tool when you play with their with their psychology or whatever. Right, right. That's right. He did say that. He's, he's just using him. So they go down to this, this place and they're like bombarding and they've got this – I mean one of the most beautiful things. They inverted the colors and so you have – Ships scraping across the ground, a white ground, and red dirt and red crystals flying up in the air. Looks so beautiful. Yeah, and then cool. Finn, Finn's basically going to sacrifice himself by smashing into this laser. I would have been fine with it. Out of the way. Yeah, I think I, everyone would have, honestly. I mean, I would have been fine if Finn took out the cannon, saved the day, and died. Like, yeah, I think everyone would have been. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we just don't know what Finn is yet. We don't know his purpose. We don't know like what he's trying to be, and and well, they, yeah, everything that he they, does is just worried about Ray. But Ray's fine; she can handle herself. Well, I think that's what's interesting is now they're setting up like this Poe Dameron love interest at the end, and they've got the conflict with Rose, who's in love with Finn, and Finn's taking care of her. And yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so this all, all this stuff goes down, and they basically get back, and it's all gonna over, and they blow a hole in the shield, and there's just like it's over. The allies, our allies didn't come because they called for allies support, and no one came. And then all of a sudden, who walks in? Luke Skywalker. Yep. And it is this beautiful moment, I think, which was for us as an audience, where he sits to Leia, and he basically says, "I'm here to, to take him," and she's like, "I know he's gone. I know I've lost my son. He won't come back." And then he's basically makes another reference to Han, and 
they allude to Han being gone. And he goes, um, just because they're gone doesn't mean they're not here. And then he puts these dice that were hanging in the Millennium Falcon and he puts them in her hand. He walks off. C-3PO's like, Master Skywalker, he just winks at him in one of the most epic out into this field. And one of the coolest things I've ever seen happens. So cool. Did you hate it? No, no, I actually loved seeing Luke again. And going back, like, back to when he's talking to Leia, I loved the realization when he touched Leia and she looked at him and she gave him this very distinct look. I didn't even notice it the first time. The yep. second time I did. And uh, yep. I loved that kind of little tiny uh, little bit of understanding that she had in that moment because she knew what was basically going to happen yep. in that moment. Yep. And I, I loved that. And so, yeah, Luke walks out there. Kylo gets all pissed. He's like, I want every gun that we have to shoot that man. And, like, they just have, like, let loose this barrage of this attack on the Luke and, uh, and he's screaming more, more. Yeah. Yeah. The dust clears. Luke walks out further and he dusts off his lapel and Kylo's just like visibly just so pissed. And, and this is where like this and, and before I feel like the thing that I loved about Kylo is you can see the hate in him. You can see the, the, the fight his inner his inner demons right like his going back and forth his what's the word what's the word i'm looking for inner struggle Uh, yeah his inner struggle like you can see him go back and forth throughout the whole film and i loved that and uh but at the same time there's so much hate for luke and there's so much hate in him but at the same time it's so emotional that it comes across childish right and he goes to these extremes and i honestly think that that will be kylo's downfall is his emotions his emotions will be what what takes him takes him down in the in the next uh, next film. But um, basically, he goes down and confronts Luke, and uh, they start to, they they he tries to fight Luke, and Luke basically just dodges every single blow. That oh, he and one of the coolest things ever, he like swings swings his. pivots on one foot with the force and then just comes back up yeah but what's interesting and i noticed and i noticed this right away and this plays into your comment about the leia hand touching thing Mm -hmm. he looks he looks like the flashbacks to the old luke skywalker when luke was training kylo ren he doesn't look like old grizzled yoda luke hanging out on the on the planet on the island by himself and that's that was the giveaway to me that's why i was like I I know what's happening here because they 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 foreshadowed it. They foreshadowed it with the other stuff with the Kylo Ren being there when Luke on the island when Luke was there. Yeah, he saw a projection of him. I was like, oh yeah. dang! And so he basically says he puts his he puts his lightsaber down and he says, I'm sorry I failed you. And he says, strike me down and I'll be with you like my father. And he says, no, this is it. This is the end of the Jedi. This is this is the end of the war. It's all over. And he basically says, everything you said was wrong, right? And he says, the the war is just beginning, and I am not the last Jedi. And it cuts to them escaping through the back of these tunnels, Mm -hmm. using the Force to pull up all of these rocks that 
move rocks. And she literally says move rocks, which she did yeah. on the island, which was great. And boom, she lifts up these rocks, and Kylo Ren runs in all of his anger, and he swings that lightsaber, goes right through Luke's middle, and he slides across this crystal and just moves the white salt out of the way. And he's breathing heavy. He turns around, and Luke Skywalker's still standing there. And he walks up to him and puts his lightsaber into him, and he realizes he's just a projection. And then That's he says one of and he just says one of the most epic lines ever. See you around, kid. <laughs> it was really good. I think that like the first time I did not I did not understand that's what it was. I thought Luke was really there. Um and so I was I was legitimately shocked when I found out that it was an astral projection. Um the yeah. second time I noticed that Luke doesn't leave any footprints. Like everybody who walks on the surface leaves these like red footprints and you see that with like the old general that walks out there you see it with kylo walking and then luke doesn't leave anything so that was cool that there was kind of like these subtle hints but but i didn't pick up it on the first time it was an awesome twist and i didn't even um, notice the footsteps either that's awesome yeah check it out it's cool um and uh absolutely loved it I, i i thought that luke would sacrifice himself though you know like obi-wan did and uh and I'm, I'm kind of glad that it wasn't and that it was different and it was an astral projection because that would have been a little too much like uh, A New Hope. But at the same time, um, he, he basically did, you know, sacrifice himself because Luke, of course, dies and, and uh, moves on, basically, disappears. Um, I loved seeing him, like, focused and floating above the rock. Like, that was such a powerful, yeah. powerful shot. Like Yeah, and it comes stunning. to you talking about with him being there with, like, on the two moons, he's staring out at the yeah. two suns, and I cried. And then both times, yeah, I cried both times. It's so great. It's great, man. He floats <laughs> away, and then it cuts to them, and they're on the ship, and that's where you see the the Jedi text in the on the Millennium Falcon, and yep. he's sitting there, Ray sitting there, and Leia's like, "What do we do?" Larry's like, "What do we do now?" And she's holding the lightsaber, it's broken in half. You can see the crystal inside, and oh, she goes, "We already have everything crystal. we need." Yep. Yeah. from the stables and he uses the force to pull a broom to him and they're telling the story of Luke Skywalker walking out with a laser sword in front of the entire empire, the entire first order and changing things. And he did exactly yeah. the thing he didn't think he could do. So here's my question, Phil. Do you think that that kid is part of the next trilogy and Ryan was basically just kind of setting that up? Or do you think it's just Ooh. saying that there's, that there's lots of kids out there, lots of people out there with the, with the force? Like, I originally thought it's lots of people because they've always existed. They've always been around. It was too. just that I were very selective about who they would treat. Right? Too. Just because you're force sensitive doesn't mean you have the right to be a Jedi. Yep. Is the way they look at it. And, but yeah, I didn't think about that with the new trilogy because what is the new trilogy going to be? I hope they go old, the Empire. Like the old Republic. Oh, man. I would love you know, that. Tons that of would Jedi, be... Thousands of Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. That would and be like really, whole really Sith cool. plant, whole Sith planets and stuff. Yeah. Be oh, sick. man. That would be so cool. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. But, yeah. I, but that's I, a very overall... in-depth review, almost as long as the movie itself of Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. And we could totally sit here and keep talking about it, but we'll let everybody go. But I absolutely loved this film. Yes, I had issues with it, but – uh, the emotions and the nostalgia and and honestly the quality of the acting and the storytelling and everything makes up for all of the the issues that I have and so that's why it still gets a five out of five for me. 
Yeah, he gets a five out of five for me. I didn't didn't really see any major complications with it there. I mean, again, one of the things you have to remember is you don't get the whole story when you see a film because you have all these ideas and all these stories that are put together, and then you have everything distilled into like 10, 120 pages. Yeah. Screenplay is shot and filmed, and sometimes you can get the shots you want, and then that's put into editing, and then things change again in, the, in editing. So it's written three times before you see it. And so, for example, um, one of the things that uh, a lot of my friends said is there's this, this moment where you see Luke and you see his X-wing, and it's underwater yep. at the temple. And everyone was just like, I wanted to see, I wanted to see Ray basically just reach out lift the x-wing out of the water and set it down in front of him just be like the empire like we need you and then have her leave and yeah. that like that homage to luke struggling to get this up out of the swamp and have ray do it like it's nothing would have been yeah. so cool that but i'm actually really reading cool. right but i'm reading this the art of the star wars last jedi and one of the things they mention in here is that in the art the concept art it's burned and put underwater. So he mm. had destroyed it in every intention not to go. So I think yeah. that's just one small, you know, again, reminder that what we see in a film is. And get the moment and the emotion across to the widest audience possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like, I'm pretty sure that uh, I was reading and Luke's door to his hut was actually a piece of the X-Wing yeah, like it, it was clear that he had kind of cannibalized it and used it for a lot of different things. Um, the other thing yep. that we didn't talk about that I just want to touch on real quick is the reveal of whose Ray's parents were. Um, I, I'm I'm actually okay with this um, thing. Is that basically they said that they were nobody, that she doesn't okay. belong in this story, that they were now drunks and they sold her for drinking money. Now let me yeah. ask you a question. Was A, Kylo Ren lying to manipulate her, one, or B, is that just part of Snoke and his mind game he was playing? Because it all happened while he was connecting their minds using his manipulation. Yeah, that's, I think that's possible, but at the same time, I felt like it was, I felt like it was genuine because I felt I that too. pain. I felt like, I felt that hurt and I felt sad for Ray that like this is the reality that she's buried and hidden inside of her. And I feel like her tears really kind of made clear that, that realization that she had, you know, and that, that was the truth. So I'm, I'm fine to believe that. And, uh, and I think that's really cool. The other thing that I think is really cool, Phil, is that Luke literally lived up to his name. He is literally a sky Walker. He projected himself through the sky and walked on another planet. And I love that, that tie into his actual name. I think that that was That's so cool. Funny. That's funny. I just think it could have been Luke Starkiller. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, Starkiller would have fit too. It just, it would have revealed itself in uh, the very first movie. Very true. So. Yeah. All I right, man. That. Well, this... Go ahead. I liked it. That's all. I'm, I'm really happy. Thanks for, uh, doing this episode with me, Phil. And uh, thank you for listening. If those of you made it through an hour-long episode of Mike and Phil talking about Star Wars, man, you guys are the best. We'd love to hear feedback. I mean, there's... I will fight people about this stuff, so let's do this. Hit me let's, up. Let's fight. I'm at, at P. Hudson on Twitter. And I'm at Miwa Hall. M-I-W-A Hall. And uh, we'll uh, hopefully talk to you guys some other time. We'll uh, see you later. 
Smell you later. Bye.